this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Oh, sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about Harry Potter. And as I mentioned on last week's episode, this is something that your host knows very, very little about. I did take the quiz, so I know what house I'm supposedly in, which I'll reveal later when we talk about that. But it's going to be one of those episodes, like we've had before, where I'll be moderating and jumping in a couple of times, but it should be interesting because I like to hear everybody else gushing about fandoms that I'm not necessarily in. I find it really exciting, especially to get to see everybody's face and to hear them getting really excited about it. But before we get to that, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. As you know, we are now taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. If you want to contribute, go to the link in the show notes or to our anchor page and click listener support. And as you know, 50% of whatever you give us from now until the foreseeable future, each month will be going to one Black Lives Matter organization. I'm not sure yet on the organization for December. I'm, I'm muddling through a couple or looking through a couple. And so I'm not positive. But if you have any suggestions, if you have an organization that you feel is not getting enough attention or that you feel deserves the deserves the money, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, like I said, each month it's going to be a different one because I want to highlight one individual organization per month. So definitely feel free to do that. Also, keep an eye out because we're going to have merchandise soon. We have a new logo that someone designed for us. So one of our guests, Brooke, who was on our Will and Grace episode. So I'm going to be hopefully getting that together in the new year. And that will become sort of a perk also of contributing to the show. And also, if you purchase that, I will also be donating a portion of whatever we receive from that to that Black Lives Matter organization for that month. Okay, so let's get on with the show. And first, I'm going to have that panel introduce themselves. And I'm very excited because we have a new panelist on, but she's not new to podcasting. She hosts a wonderful podcast called Liberty Diner Dish, where if you are a fan of Queer as Folk, you should guess that it is about Queer as Folk. And she's a co-host of it, and she, they re, are re-watching the whole series. They've also had great interviews. They had an amazing interview with Scott Lowell, who, if you don't know who Scott Lowell is, I mean, you obviously have not watched the show, but he plays Ted. <laughs> and she's got a great shirt on the site, too, um, which now I'm forgetting exactly what it says, but I'm going to have her say, because now I'm forgetting it. Sorry, my brain just had a little brain fart there, but it's a great <laughs> podcast and you should really listen to it. And I know how popular that episode is on our podcast. So if you want more Queer as Folk content, definitely find this out. So Michelle, if you want to introduce yourself and tell me one thing in pop culture you're excited about and tell me again what that slogan is on the shirt. I can't remember. You got, 
You got it, Aaron. It's probably the thing that we say the most often when we're watching Queer Folk <laughs> episodes. It says, poor Ted. <laughs> That's the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as Aaron said, I am uh, Ishelle. And the thing that I'm, okay, I'm watching the Queen's Gambit right now. And I think that I'm into it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're into it, but you don't know. I think I'm into it. I'm still watching it. So, Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you could be on. So yeah, it's awesome to have you on. And then Lydia, what's one thing you are into right now? Um, hi, I'm Lydia. And um, mostly I'm excited for the Marvel series WandaVision that's coming out because that seems really cool. I watched the trailer and it's like, seems pretty cool. So yeah. Awesome. I had a feeling something was going to be Marvel that you were going to say. <laughs> And I'm sure, I'm sure our other panelist, Melody, is excited about that too, huh? Just a little bit, yes. Um, let's see, <laughs> WandaVision, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, um, let's not forget the Lucasfilm items, including a live-action Ahsoka Tano TV show. Ahsoka Tano is my favorite Star Wars character, and if you don't know about her, you're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was fun watching you um, gushing about everything yesterday when they had the big Disney Plus announcement of everything. That was pretty awesome. Just doing my job, just doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. And this is Aaron, and I'm breaking my rule again. And I'm actually going to mention three things. <laughs> I was only going to mention two, but I'm going to mention three things. On HBO Max, there is a docuseries all about the Heaven's Gate cult, and they were trying to hop a comet and go to a spaceship. And what's really interesting about this, because as I've said before, I'm fascinated with cults, but what's interesting about this docuseries is it's actually really, really depressing. <laughs> that doesn't sound like an interesting thing, but it's depressing because you see how easy it is for anyone to fall into a cult, anyone. And I think sometimes we just think people, that would never happen to me. But some of the smartest people in the world, you know, we're in this cult and it's just really sad. And there are, they talked to some people who were ex members who are still really believe a lot of the same stuff. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting documentary. Um, the other thing I'm going to recommend is also on HBO and it's the show euphoria. They had a special episode about the character Rue. This is something that Lydia, you should not be watching. <laughs> It's a very, very intense show, but this one was basically Rue talking with her sponsor, and it was like watching a play. It was so beautiful, and the acting was amazing, and it's an incredible, incredible show. It's very hard to watch and really, really mind trigger warnings on that, but it's it's a really good show, and it, Zendaya is so amazing. I mean, I'm just so glad she won the Emmy because she's, she's incredible. Um, and then lastly, I'm going to recommend something that's a little bit lighter. It's called a game show called Don't, hosted by Adam Scott. And as I've mentioned before, I adore Adam Scott. And it's just a really funny little game show where you try to not do things. This is kind of the premise. And Ryan Reynolds narrates it as well. So, And that's on ABC, but I watched it on Hulu. Okay, so let's get into Harry Potter. So I first want to go around and just see if everybody's read the <clears throat> books. Michelle, did you read the books? I did all seven, but I'll tell you a little story about that. So I had not read the books. I remember when they came out, 
Um, well, I was like, let, let's pretend I was one when they came out. <laughs> I want to give my, but uh. Uh, so I had not read the books, but after um, seeing a certain movie that maybe I'll talk about later, I was pretty confused. And so then went back and was like, I need to find out what's going on here. So that's what made me read the books. Cool. Which is there a favorite of yours among them? Ooh, let's see. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say number three. I'm just kind of throwing one out there. I, I love them all, but I'm going to say number three. Awesome. Awesome. And Lydia, have you read all the books? Yeah. I have. They're, they're pretty good. I've read a lot of them, like a lot of times. <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and do you have a favorite? Probably number three, same as Michelle. Awesome. And then Melly? Well, yes, yes, I have. Um, I actually, <laughs> uh, so you're going to think this is crazy, but um, I listen to Jim Dale read the books as I go to sleep. Because his voice is very soothing. So I honestly cannot tell you how many times. I started that about two years ago. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to them. I've read them all when they first. Well, no. I did not read them when they first came out. Because I worked at Barnes & Noble. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. Because everybody else is doing it. <laughs> and then uh, book three came out. No, book four came out. And so I was like, fine, I'll just do it. And then I got caught up. And uh, my favorite book is also book three. So, yeah. So, long answer to very short question. <laughs> that seems like it'll be the running theme here of book three being the best. Um, great. Well, we'll probably focus a lot on the movies just because that's a lot of what, what people talk about. But I want to talk about just with the movies. Um, and we can get into also characters here if you if you want to talk about some of them, if you want to talk about Harry and everybody else. Um, how did you feel they did with the movie adaptations, Michelle? You know, I think because I read the, the saw the movies before I read the books, like when I first saw them, it was pretty incredible, even just how they translated what's on paper. I mean, you know, what a what an imagination, <laughs> you know, that JK has. Uh, and just to, to read that and then think, how is that going to come across on screen? But I think they did a really good job. I mean, the moving staircases, the ghosts, like, I feel like they did a really good job getting the majority of that on screen. Yeah. And did you, did you have a favorite among those? And then we'll dive into sort of the casting as well. But did you among, the, among the movies? Yeah. Among Ooh. the movies. Yeah. Ooh, let's see. You know, I feel like um, I love the first one because it's just like an introduction, but I really liked um, part one and part two for book seven. Those are probably my favorites, but it almost, by that point, it almost seems like you're in a different series because they've grown and matured so much. And it's a little bit of a darker tilt on those two movies, but um, they're just really good. Very well done. Yeah. And and then Lydia? Um, I think they're pretty good. They could have captured Harry's sassiness a bit better, but, you know, you can't have everything, so. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite movie, but I do know that um, I only had, I only watched, like, the first movie, um, like, a bunch of times, because that was all that my mom had, was the first movie, and I got so tired of it that I wouldn't watch it for, like, a year. I was like, no! <laughs> and so... That's probably not my favorite movie. Um, I don't know. 
I like them all so much. Awesome. So do you have them all now on DVD? Yeah, I think so. If I don't have them all on DVD, I certainly have them all, like, somewhere else. I don't know where. (laughs) And then Melody? Okay. Well, um, the adaptations, I remember going to see um, the first one. And I remember watching Hagrid and Harry walk down Diagon Alley. And I was like, this is exactly how I pictured it in my, you know, when you're reading. And the funny thing is, is when I read the books, I always saw Alan Rickman as Snape. I mean, I, I even told friends, I'm like, Alan Rickman would be a perfect Snape because I think it was from um, oh, his character from Robin Hood. I always thought he reminded me of, Snape and he would just pull that off really well um some of the adaptation things I did not like was Michael Gambon um I think that's correct there's he refused to read the books so he really missed the mark on the character of Dumbledore in my opinion Richard Harris that's I mean you look at Richard Harris as Dumbledore and that's who you imagined reading about um but I mean, I like them all. I have them all in a special. I have like special extended version with like trading cards and all kinds of booklets and all kinds of things. So I really do like the movies. I've been to the studio in London twice, and then I've been to the uh, place down in Florida at least four times. So and uh, going to the studio after going to Florida was like. I was traveling with my friend Rebecca and I turned to her and go, I know this is supposed to be super cool. It's like the real thing, but they did such a good job in Florida. It's just like, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And and I just looked up to see which movie it was I saw. And I think it was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I think that was the one that came out in 2004. And I know I will say, because that's I don't book have- three. <laughs> that's book three. Oh, okay okay because i did i did enjoy the movie i know i remember i enjoyed the movie i don't know why i never watched a single one again but i did enjoy it i will say that i don't remember much about it um <laughs> but i did enjoy it so i wanted to contribute a little bit something there um but i want to talk about the cast because i want to talk about of course i mean You've got um, Harry, who did you think that Daniel Radcliffe, who, of course, has become known for this role, um, did you think he was the perfect choice when you heard about it? Or did you or did you take you a minute to warm up to him? Or how do you think he kind of approached that role, Aisha? Um, To me, I thought he was perfect for it. Um, He's got a little bit of, you know, the thing about Harry is there's a vulnerability to him, but then there's also this very, like, there's some strength to him too and a determination and a little bit of stubbornness to him also. And I felt that he conveyed that very well. And like I said, because I saw the movies before I read the books, like I already had in my head what Harry looked like, you know? So I didn't, I guess other people who read the books first, they got to draw that themselves and then see, you know, compare it to what they put on screen. But to me, I thought he was great. Yeah. Yeah. He he seemed great from what, what I saw. And I just like him personally. I think he's pretty awesome. And then Lydia. Um, Yeah. I thought he was a pretty good Harry too. I mean, granted, I didn't 
and still don't know that very many actors. So like, I don't really have like a wide opinion, but yeah, I think he's a pretty good Harry. He captured what you picture Harry as. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure a lot of people that, you know, like me included, of course, that haven't read the books and then they watch the movies. I'm sure it'd be interesting when you, when you watch the movie first and then you read the book and you already have him in your head that you're already going to picture him as the character. I think that happens a lot with um, adaptations and the melody. Um, I have to agree. I think uh, Daniel Radcliffe, I mean, he, he was just a kid. Um, I think in the very first movie, he had that, that touch of innocence about him. I'm thinking in particular when he was sitting in front of the mirror of Erised and he was just watching his family, you know, and just how, how sad he was and how he, Daniel as an actor, just, you know, he, he embodied what we thought Harry would be feeling. Yeah, he's he's a really, really good actor. Um, and I know, I think for child actors, and especially if you're playing an iconic role like this, and you basically are growing up on screen, because he grew up on screen, so did Emma, Emma Watson grew up on screen, um, in, this char- in the characters they played, I think think that can sometimes follow you around and it can be hard to break free from that. But I think he's doing a good job of trying to do that. I mean, he's taking on roles that are so opposite Harry Potter. (laughs) And I think that's the only way you can really try and break free from that. So yeah, so that's, that's, that's been interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, And then let's talk about Emma Watson. Speaking of Emma Watson, let's talk about her and then Hermione as well. Um, and we'll talk about the character, too. Sorry, if you guys want to add anything on Harry Potter, feel free to do that, too. But what do you think about Emma Watson and her performance, Michelle? Yeah, I'd say the same thing there. Again, just, like, perfect casting, you know. And I uh, I remember in one of the early ones, maybe it was either one or two, I was like, she's going to be gorgeous when, when she's older. Because uh, she was already pretty as a, you know, as a young girl. But uh, wasn't a person who depended on her looks, just kind of happened to be that way. And so, like, she you really got to see that with her there was a scruffiness to her her personality you know and she's very determined very intelligent girl and so I liked um I liked how she just played that just a, a very strong character and she was she was the girl of the group but um they didn't go with the typical like feminine tropes with her and so I really liked that and I, I just thought that she she came across really well um very believable great portrayal um you really believe that those three were friends um so uh yeah thumbs up for emma watson yeah yeah she's she's great and she is she's absolutely stunning she's just beautiful she's really beautiful and lydia um yeah i think that she was a really good hermione because she was and still is really smart and um she like really works towards her goals and like hermione's the exact same way and she like all of like their friendship was like really real, as Michelle said. Michelle, um, yeah, and <laughs> and so I think that that was really cool to see them all and Emma Watson and stuff. Cool, awesome. And then Melody. Um, I really do like Emma Watson. Um, some of the things I mean, as 
her at some Riney, there are a couple of things that I think that they did miss the mark. They, they Hollywood, they Holly, what do you, how do you say that? They Hollywoodized her character. You know, Hermione was supposed to have this great giant bushy hair and um, buck teeth. And I know they tried a little bit in the first movie to give her, they, you can tell they crimped her hair to make it a little bit, you know, a little more wild. But I really think that Emma as a um, an actress understood uh, who Hermione was because uh, there's a little interview where they were talking about um, in the first in the first number seven movie, um, the Deathly Hallows part one, there were no books in the bedroom of Hermione and Emma Watson's like, okay, this is not what Hermione would be about. There needs to be books in the bedroom. We need to represent who she is. So, I mean, even the people who were making the movie were missing the mark of who the character was at that time. So I just, I really think that Emma had a really good idea of who she was and who she was playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you mean they like glamorized the character a little bit more? They glammed her up a little bit? Yes. That's, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, cause that was one of the big, I mean, in book four, that was one of the big things. And I know that books and movies are different and that's just the way it is, but her bushy hair is mentioned I cannot even tell you how many times in the book I mean that is part of who she is I mean it's like you know like I have brown eyes that's part of who I am you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. and the teeth and everything the buck teeth and everything yes, yeah yes yeah yeah okay and and, and I know um Lydia and Michelle want to add stuff so Lydia what did you want to add first Lydia? Oh, um, I just also wanted to add that um, they didn't add SPEW, the Society for Elfish Welfare, I think, um, Society for Protection of Elfish Welfare, and that was something that was really important to her, and they just kind of, like, there wasn't any of that in the movies, but there was a lot of that in the books, so. And then, Ishelle, you wanted to add something? Yeah, um, so kind of something to what Melody was saying. I don't know if they intentionally glimmerized it. Maybe they did. But I mean, the other thing is you kind of get what you're going to get. And when you start off with a child actor, it's kind of like when you have a child singer, you don't know what their voice is going to be when they grow up. And so, I mean, you know, she's, like I said, she, she had this look about her where she was already a very pretty girl. And so she was probably going to you know continue to go in that direction. But um, I do think that they compensated for it in other ways. Like they never really, lean too heavy on her on her looks and in fact in one of the later movies when a guy does kind of ask when a guy asks her to go to a dance with him she's very shocked and surprised that he would come to her and they still made her an outsider even if it wasn't because of her bushy hair or her buck teeth like they still made her an outsider and she still had part of that to her personality mm-hmm. yeah I, I wonder if they thought that maybe just relying on her smarts sadly would make her seem like an outsider because I don't know playing into sexist (laughs) things but um I don't know if maybe that's part of what they were thinking like that would be a way to make her also even that she would still appear as an outsider like that whole trope of you know you'll see it in a lot of romantic comedies where the really smart girl and she wears the glasses and then she takes the glasses off and she's suddenly amazingly beautiful even though she was always beautiful 
Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of us wear glasses too. So <laughs> um, but <laughs> I wonder if that, I, I don't know, that just kind of popped into my head because unfortunately that is a trope that people do think that, that, you know, I don't know. That's more of a Hollywood thing though. I don't think that's something necessarily that people in the real world think of, but yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to some other characters. Um, let's move on to Rupert Grint. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, um, who plays Ron. Um, what are your thoughts on him, Isha? Again, love him. Also, uh, I've since seen him in other roles, and I, he's another one who I feel like you know, has tried to make the transition and does has done a good job transitioning out of that role into something else. But for him being Ron, um, I thought he was great. <laughs> you know, I thought you got that that insecurity that he has, but also the loyalty that he has as a friend. Um, I thought he conveyed that very well. Yeah, yeah, and Lydia. Um, yeah, I also thought that he was, like, a really good Ron because he was, yeah, he, like, was just really good at, like, all of his friendship and, um, you could tell that he was, like, he was, like, basically Ron, so. Sorry, took me a second there. And then, um, Melody? I really enjoyed um, his portrayal. I, I think some of his, like, when he'd go, Harry, like, his his being scared of the spiders. I mean, Ron was petrified. I, I feel you, Ron. I really do. Um, <laughs> of spiders. And just that, you know, even in the last book when he was angry and he came back. And it just, he did a really good job. I mean, and I know when you're playing a character, I mean, they literally grew up into these characters. And I think that all three of them just did a really great job. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult in any um, movie if you are laying a lot of the movie, the, the, the shoulders of the movie and whether or not it'll be a success on children um, and young actors. And that can be a big risk no matter what. And so... Um, you know, it's, it's pretty lucky to be able to find the actors that are able to carry that and carry it through more than one movie. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. So that says a lot, a lot for them. And I'm sure watching their talent grow and watching them become more comfortable and watching them really become more comfortable in the skin of the characters they were playing has to be really, really interesting to watch as well. So, yeah. And, and there are so many characters in this, but I do want to touch on lord voldemort um just because i feel like that's probably a character should be discussed and i know as far as i know this is a name you're not supposed to actually say right and even though i said it <laughs> but played by ray fines of course so michelle what are your thoughts on that and is it true that you're not supposed to say that name <laughs> uh, that is true <laughs> he shall not be named we don't want to summon him uh but yeah just great absolutely great you know the way they describe it, and you know they've got to use prosthetics and makeup and all this stuff to to convey that but to have that serpent like look to him the way that they 
made up his character uh and he was just great i mean everything about him just kind of scared you a little bit gave you the creeps <laughs> you know you see why so many people were following him even though he, he was this like dark evil guy um because there's a, just enough charisma about him the way that the actor p- portrayed him that uh, you see why like i said followers lined up uh but yeah just really good really good casting really great acting yeah yeah, Ray Fiennes is pretty incredible. And the makeup is pretty amazing because, you know, <laughs> and then Lydia. Um, yeah, I liked him. Um, he's, um, like, just enough, like, kind of scary, but, like, still not quite as scary as, like, I don't know, some things, you know, like, you can see why people are scared of him and, like, won't say his name and stuff. Um, and, like... When I was younger, um, and I was, like, watching scary movies, like, one of my moms would be like, no, no, she can't watch this, and my other one would be like, it's fine, she's seen Harry Potter, she's seen Lord Voldemort, it's fine, like, she she can watch this, and so I think that it kind of does, um, that he did portray him as a really, like, portray him really well. That's interesting, that's interesting, you'll have to tell me offline which mom said which i have my own guesses but i'm not positive i'll be right <laughs> and then melody um ray finds is phenomenal i've always i've liked him ever since the um schindler's list um but i it's interesting because when i reading the books first it was like i had i was you know i always try to put actors in roles so i can like imagine them in the books um like i always thought that uh, patrick stewart would be professor x anyways but anyway um i think that he i think in an interview he was like you know i was trying to figure out how to play the play him and and everybody said just play him over the top and he did i mean he played him so like gregacious and he was very out there but and I think you know that charisma that he had but he was also really creepy so um they did do a good job and they did do special effects on his nose because no one has a snake like nose but yeah they did a great job and I know most of the um special effects in the Potter movies was practical so that's one of the very few items that were not but anyway there you go and practical you know practical effects it's always so special to me when they're used because they're not used as much anymore sadly and I understand why but it's so cool when you're able to do things and you find out that you know and you watch something you're like there's no way that they were able to do that with practical effects and when you find out they were I know you said not all of it was but it's just really cool that a lot of it was done with practical effects because I think that I think that enhances a film a lot of times. Um, and I'm not putting down like when you can't do that. I understand you can't do that, but I I think it's really cool when you're able to do just using practical effects. Um, yeah. So I, I know as a, as a horror fan, it's nice when you're able to see that. So yeah, yeah. And um. It's interesting with the not wanting to say his name. It just reminds me of, and I, I don't know if you know this yet, Lydia, because I know you do theater, 
But in theater, you're never ever before the night of a play or when you're doing a play, you're never supposed to say Macbeth. It curses you. So <laughs> unlike saying break a leg, which is a good thing, you're not supposed to say Macbeth. Um, and I actually was in a play once, little tangent here, and someone did say Macbeth. And this was before one of our performances and the power went out for like half the play. <laughs> so maybe that superstition is true. I don't know. So, but I just wanted to throw that out there because it reminded me of that. Um, so there are a lot of characters that we can talk about like Snape and, and other characters. And so I just want to throw it out to everybody if there are any other characters they want to talk about. And then I want to get into kind of discussing more of the story and discussing the houses just because I know, like I said, I took the thing to find out what house I was in. And so we'll get into that, discussing those and what the importance is of that. And then we can reveal what we've been sorted into. Um, so, Ishelle, is there any other characters you want to give a quick shout out to before we move on to that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Maggie Smith, <laughs> uh, Professor McGonagall, right? Um, mine went blank there. Uh, she's like probably my favorite actress. I just love her. So got a shout out, Maggie Smith. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's a very 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 talented actress. Yeah, yeah. And then Lydia. Um, I don't really have any shoutouts, but like I do like the characters Ginny and Fred and George and Charlie. Um, but yeah, because I mean Charlie likes dragons. How can you say no? <laughs> <laughs> Good point there. And then Melody. I'm gonna say Snape. Um, and I know that's everybody, but um, it, just the fact that he was a hero all along, and and he he kept that under wraps. And I mean, re-listening to the books, he was so mean to Harry. He was like hateful sometimes, and um, but all along he was secretly helping him and and being that person. And I think Alan Rickman just embodied him, uh, embodied who Snape was. And um, from my understanding, uh, JK went to Alan Rickman early on and told him Snape's story. So he would have that background in playing the character. So I always thought that was interesting. Yeah. Alan Rickman is, is he is, Oh, he's just so incredible. He's such an incredible he's actor. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's one of the greats. He's one of the absolute greatest actors ever, ever, definitely. Okay, well, before we move on to the houses, um, what I want to just quickly ask, this just came into my mind, what character in Harry Potter in the whole universe do you relate to the most, Ishelle? Hmm, that's good. I mean, of course, I want to be Harry. <laughs> Uh, I wish I could keep my thoughts organized enough to be Hermione, but, um, and, but, you know, I'm, I'm probably more of a, a Ron or a Luna, even, <laughs> I would say, uh, because, well, there are some times where I'm leading the charge. I'm like, this is it. We're doing this. Let's go. Uh, so I have a little bit of that, that Harry in me. But um, there are other times when, like, I don't really know about this. But if you guys are going, I guess I'll come too. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Um, 
I guess a mixture of of them. But I, yeah, I'd say a Luna because sometimes I can be a little quirky, do my own thing, <laughs> live in my own world. Uh, a Luna or a Ron. And being quirky and living in your own world, there is nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> That's an awesome trait to have. And then Lydia. Um, I'm not sure. I've taken so many tests and I've gotten so many people. Um, but I think um, the people that I relate to most is probably Hermione because I think that she's very loyal and, I mean, dare I say, clever. Um, and I, she does like to read a lot and I do, I do like that about her and she's, she's very practical and I think that I'm pretty practical like with her small bag that she put like an extension charm on so that she could like pack a bunch of stuff into and it not look suspicious. I think that that was, that was really cool and how she thinks about treating everyone, um, Humanely, I guess, or with respect, I guess. So, that's who I relate to most. And I predicted you were going to say that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's who Lydia is going to say. <laughs> but it, it 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 fits. It works. Works, Melody. I'm going to say I'm a mixture of Harry and Luna, um, because Luna looked at life differently, and I think that. Um, at times I'm not your average type of, you know, run of the mill, what do you call vanilla person? (laughs) And and I also like to take charge. I like to, you know, I'm not as gung ho as Harry because I like to plan, but I, I feel the leadership of, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it this way and let's go kind of thing. So I would say, and when you hear my house, you'll understand. So yeah, that's what I, (laughs) yes, yes, you, and this is, this is a good thing. You are very much a leader, very much, you know, how to, how to lead and take charge. Um, But you're also very, um, as was, as uh, was used before quirky, which is a good thing. I think quirky is a good thing to be. And I I think it's good to not be, (laughs) yeah, to not follow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think we could all use a little bit more quirkiness in this world, honestly. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's get into the houses. I just want to kind of discuss them, what, what they mean, since I know the panel will know a lot more about this than I do. And then we'll go around, we'll end and just have, well, not the in, in the podcast, because there's one other thing I want to talk about. But let's get into discussing the houses, because I know, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's four of them. There's... Um, it's Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin, and it's Gryffindor. Is that right? Woohoo! I got him. Good job. <laughs> um, so overall, if I mean, I don't know who wants to give a brief synopsis of those houses or just talk about what their significance is. We don't have to give the synopsis of them, but what their significance is, Ishelle. Ooh, I'll defer to Lydia or Melody. <laughs> Okay, Lydia, do you want to take Ravenclaw? Okay, Um, well, um, let's see, Gryffindor is kind of like the brave house, the house where you have like a lot of courage, and that was like, it was mainly like 
the good house, like, quotations on good, because, like, that's where Harry was and stuff. Um, and then there's Ravenclaw, which is, like, where you're witty and smart and stuff. Um, and they're pretty cool, I'll say that. Um, and then there's Hufflepuff, where you're, like, kind and hardworking. And then there's Slytherin, which, um, you're, like, oh no. I just forgot Slytherin, I'm sorry. Um, but you, you're cunning. Yeah, like cunning and stuff like that. And that was usually considered the bad house, but they're not all that bad. Like, I have a couple of friends who are Slytherins, and they're pretty great. So. <laughs> awesome. And then, Melody, do you want to add anything on there? for? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Um, I think Gryffindor, um, Chivalrous was one of the things. Um, Brave at Heart. Um, let's see. Ravenclaw was clever. And Ravenclaws have a different way of looking at the world. It's not just book smarts. It's looking at things differently. Um, Hufflepuff, uh, another trait was loyalty. Um, They're very loyal. And Slytherins, um, yes, they're cunning and they are very... uh, They're going to do what's best for them at the end of the day. So, um, I wouldn't call them selfish, but they're going to make sure that they're going to, they're very wily. That's the old term, in case you kids don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, and it's interesting hearing more about them after, um, what I got sorted into and what people thought I would get sorted into. Um, and so I'll do mine last because I also did a poll on our Twitter page about what people, what house people thought I was in. Um, but Ishelle, what house are you in? And do you agree with the house that you were sorted into? Yeah. Okay. So I took the quiz and I just knew that I was going to be in House of Gryffindor and that is not what happened. <laughs> so, so I'm uh, in uh, Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I agree. There's something, they're very consistent people and dependable. Like, you know, maybe not the most flashy all the time, but you can just count on them for, to be who they are and count on them for, you know, what you need them to be. So, yeah. So I was a little bit surprised by that. And I mean, I guess I agree. <laughs> Even though, <laughs> like, try to sneak into the Gryffindor house at, at night, you know, when nobody's guarding the castle. <laughs> maybe you can say you're just a mixture of both. Yeah. Well, I'm a Gemini, and so I can have, I have two personalities. So maybe one is Gryffindor and one is, yeah. That's a very good point. You're the twins, so you, you're entitled to have both. So, yeah. And then Lydia? Um, I am a Hufflepuff, but I've gotten, like, more than one thing. So, like, you know, but I am mostly a Hufflepuff, and I do agree with that because... I do think that I'm very loyal and kind and hardworking, like, if I actually am passionate about it. If I'm not, then don't even expect me to work for it at all. So, but yeah, I do agree with that. And I think that yellow is such a happy color, and that's, like, the color of Hufflepuff. Well, one of them, the other is black, which is, you know, like, a little bit, a little bit opposite. But, you know, <laughs> I agree with my result. Awesome. And then Melody. 
Oh, I'm a Ravenclaw. And I agree with that 100%. Um, there was a video that my friend showed me a few years ago. I'll send you the link to it. And it talks about how Ravenclaws are not just book smart. But like I said earlier, they have a different way of looking at the world. Like, look at Luna. I mean, she was not, well, we don't know if she was book smart, but she was very different. <laughs> I'll just say it nicely. She she viewed the world in a different way and always had a keen, I don't know, like a sixth sense, like when people were hurting and kind of knew when things were up. But uh, she was very straightforward as well in a very nice way. But she always was like, oh, well, this, this, and this, and just told you how it was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I'm like, and if I, like, had a second house, it would be Hufflepuff, because I am very loyal. But, um, yes, I agree, and it's and it happens to be blue is my favorite color, so it worked out really well. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, the Twitter verse basically said that I would be sorted into Ravenclaw. And that was what I was sorted into. <laughs> um, and I know I've taken, <laughs> and I've taken this, I've taken like other ones like through BuzzFeed or they'll do other ones. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm selecting here, but sure. Um, and the one on the official site, I will say as someone who is not familiar with this world was really easy to do because I could make sense of everything where I was like, I don't know how this fits into the universe, but this is what I choose and this is what I choose. So I liked that test a lot more. I would say if anybody wants to get sorted and you don't even know anything about Harry Potter, I would say do that one. Um, just because, you know, I liked the fact that it didn't make me feel dumb. <laughs> it wasn't like, wow, what's, what's going on? Okay. Well, what I want to um, ask next, just, just two more things here um, is I just want to ask, Number one, if there was anything, um, I know you mentioned a couple differences, Lydia, or one difference um, between the movies and the books or something they left out. But if there's anything that you wish you could have seen in the movies um, that wasn't in the books, and then also anything in the movies that you think was handled better than it was in the books. Michelle? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, there were, I think, is it Peeves? was uh, a character in the book he's one of the i guess he's like a jester or something i think he's like a, a ghost and he was a little bit more pivotal he was a little bit more pivotal in the um in the books than in the i don't even know if they had him at all in the movies so i would have liked to see that character uh and then let's see something in the i don't know if there's something in the movies that i thought was better than the books but i really did appreciate getting to see the books on the screen I mean, I know, kind of already said that, but yeah, that's what I'd say to that part of the question. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. And then Lydia. Um, yeah, I would also have loved to see Peeves, who is a poltergeist, by the way. I think um, Melody also mentioned that. Um, but I would also, I don't think that they portrayed Jenny very well. Like she was a bit more like mischievous and a bit more headstrong in the books and like they turned her more into like a love interest in the movies and I didn't really like that but I do think that they portrayed it really well um if like they got a few things wrong you know but you can't really have everything as I said before and yeah 
that's about it. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with a movie compared to what the book has in there. That's true. Yeah. And Melody? Um, well, as far as I think I already mentioned um, the casting of Michael Gambon, I was just not happy with that. There's a line in book four, and every hardcore Harry Potter person points to this. His Michael Gambon comes in and he's like shaking Harry and he's like, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? And in the book, it says, Dumbledore asked calmly, Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? And it's just one of those, like, you totally are misrepresenting who Dumbledore is. You do not understand who the character is at his core. And I think that Michael Gambon really missed the mark on that one. Um, and the one thing I think I would have liked to have seen is more more Dobby. He was just so adorable. And, you know, I'm in the middle of listening to book seven right now. And even, even I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to it. And when he dies, I, like, lose it. I'm like, tears. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. And um, in the movies, it's horrible. <laughs> but um, he's in every single book. And he's he's more... I don't. I think they kind of missed the mark on how important Harry was to him. Um, just how much he appreciated Harry for everything he did for him. And then um, I don't know anything. I think they did the chess. Oh, the one thing I like that they do better in the movie is when now you hit the dark mark, you don't press your finger to it. They use their wands to do it. I think that every time I hear that in the mo- in the book. I always picture like, you know, Malfoy using his wand or something like that. Cause just pressing your finger to it's kind of boring. So I would say that would be the thing I enjoy as a change. Okay, cool. And I, and I loved watching uh, Lydia during that whole thing. Cause she was just really into everything you were saying, Melody. It was so awesome <laughs> watching those reactions. Well, what I, I, I want to know um, is the ending of, and of course, you don't have to worry about spoiling anything on this, of course. Um, but how do you, did you like the way the whole series ended? Um, and do you wish there had been more? I mean, I know there are offshoots from this universe, but do you wish there had been more, Michelle? Uh Yeah, so I, well, and I guess I should give this caveat. I'm the kind of person who lets the, author and the creator be in control of their work and their characters and so I might have preferences or things or opinions but it's like I'm not going to tell you you did this wrong you did that wrong you should have done that you shouldn't like they're your characters you created that world so I know that not everybody has that opinion but that that's how I feel about about art I do a little bit of creating on my own and um like those characters become dear to me. And so the way I handled them, I feel like I have complete ownership of how to do that. So saying that, uh, I remember when I read the last book and it's almost like, you know, when you finish binge watching something on Netflix, that feeling of what do I do with my life now? (laughs) It was so hard to let go of those characters that uh, I had invested so much time, so many, you know, I'm the person who's at a 
this is not good, Lydia, don't do this. But I'm at a stoplight reading the, the book, you know, trying to, you know, when I first read them the first time, uh, just like using any spare minute I had to read through these books. And so when I got to the end of it, uh, it was very sad just because it ended, but also because, you know, you lose a lot of characters that you've come to love. Um, so that part was hard, but I, what I appreciated about this, even though it's technically, I guess, young adult fiction, um, it was such an honest portrayal of humanity. Like a lot of the characters had flaws. And I mean, even Harry, who's like supposed to be our hero without the support of his friends, you know, a lot of things wouldn't have gone in his favor. Things would have been worse. And so I like that they were flawed characters. And because of that, you're going to have tragedy and you're going to have loss. Some, you know, all the good guys are not going to win all the time. And so you're going to have the death of a couple characters because they're at a war. And so that's what happens in war. There are casualties. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I did, I did appreciate how it wrapped up. Uh, it was very, uh, like I said, it was very emotional for me. Uh, but I liked it. And of course you always want more, but I do think that they gave you enough to where, you know, cause there was a little, um, epilogue at the end where you kind of see them into the future. So I think that they gave you enough to deal with, but I mean, she could have written five more books and that'd have been cool with me. So. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Lydia? Um, yeah, I thought that it ended pretty well, like, with them all, like, growing up and they're sending their kids off to Hogwarts, like, with this instinct that that was really fun. And then, um, Lily, the, not the parent Lily, the kid Lily, um, that when she was like, can I go? That was, like, a good part because, like, Jenny was like in the first book was like, can I go? And I think that there was like a nice little connection there. And it was, it was really sweet. And it was like sad because I was like, wait, that's the end? No, wait. So yeah, but then now I'm in a fandom and I can't escape. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you read a lot of the fanfic? Cause I know you love fanfic. Um, yeah, I, re I read a little bit. I'm, contemplating writing fanfic but I've got like five other fanfics that I'm writing so I'm gonna <laughs> put that off that's so so awesome that's so awesome really I mean I think that's so cool because I know you know when we did a whole episode on fanfic and you know it doesn't always get the respect it deserves because there are so many great authors in fanfic I mean so many talented writers and people that really I mean Yes, people have been successful, like, you know, Twilight, like, um, not Twilight, but, um, you know, a movie that you can't see, Lydia, but um, <laughs> the offshoot of that. I know other things that have, you know, become successful off of that, but there are actually really well-written things that you read in fanfic, and you're like, God, I wish that this could actually be published and be a novel and be a movie or be a TV show. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible out there, so always shout out to fanfic writers. And then Melody. Um, yes. I mean, it's very heart-wrenching. Um, like, some of the very well-loved I love Lupin. I just adore him. And him and Tonks dying when they had just had a baby. Um, there's one thing I'm thinking when I'm thinking about endings. And I'm thinking about the movie versus the, um, the book. There's something that the movie kind of glamorize the death of Lord Voldemort 
And the whole point was that he was just a human like everybody else. And they have him, like, disintegrating into dust and whatnot. And I get it's more theatrical, but that was the one thing that kind of bugged me. Because at the end of the day, he was just a human. And it was just like, he just died. Like, like every other man, he just kind of, like, there. It was, like, no big deal. And so, as far as the ending goes, that's one thing about the movie that bothers me. But I think that she did a great job wrapping up the series. It's not like the end of other TV shows we've watched that we are very angry with, but we won't go there. <laughs> yes, we 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 did a lot of a lot of talking about a certain show recently where we were disappointed in the ending. Oh yeah, well, not even that one. I know you're not happy with one that rebooting and then obviously Dexter. Oh, yeah <laughs> and then a lot of people with game of thrones but we won't even touch yeah. that with a 10-foot pole yeah but dexter is getting a chance to be redeemed for that for the worst ending ever of any tv show in my opinion because they're <laughs> rebooting it so it's going to be redeemed and you know and i get to see more michael c hall on my screen so that's all i care about so <laughs> but then other shows you know can have Really, really beautiful endings and books can and movies can and series can. Um, and it's hard, you know, like said in, in Supernatural, endings are hard and it's hard to do them well and it's hard to please everybody, you know. So I, I, I think it's amazing that um, and, and as I said, I'm not involved in this fandom or in this world but what I think is amazing about Harry Potter, at least from what I have observed, is, I don't know, it seems to have this impact that goes beyond the author, which we're not going to talk about about that stuff um, after talking to to some panelists. Um, we're not going to talk about, about her and her own issues because, you know, she's said some bad stuff. But I think what Harry Potter really shows and as far as the fandom and the fans go, and I think you can see this in a lot of things, is it can go beyond the the creator and it be, can become its own little universe and world. And everybody can love that aside from the issues that maybe the creator has. And I think that can be a wonderful thing when you can find the joy in something and you can put aside all that other stuff and you can find a family and a belonging in anything, in any kind of fandom. And I know there are a lot of them for me. And I just wanted to add that because I just, that's what I've observed. I know so many people that love Harry Potter and so many people that are in this fandom. And they're all really amazing people. And so I know it's brought so much joy and love into their lives. Um, as far as like, you know, finding people to connect with, um, just finding that joy of, you know, like you were saying, being stopped at a stop sign and wanting to read or stop and wanting to continue reading when you have that much passion for something that's pretty incredible. And that's why I say, you know, stuff like this, fandoms and art and any art form like that, it's not something trivial or light. It's something that really brings people joy. And so people should be allowed to have that joy, especially right now and especially in this awful year <laughs> so if we can find any joy that's that's pretty special so i just wanted to to add that in 
Um, I just want to say it's not too late for you, Erin, to read the books and watch the movies. <laughs> I know, I know, well, and I think <laughs> I think they're all still on HBO Max right now. I believe. Yes, they are. Movies, sir. They are. <laughs> yeah, and I, as as I've said, I've raved about HBO Max almost as much as Shutter on this podcast. So I should, <laughs> I should someday. I should just sit down and just if it's really snowy outside or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up, and we're going to go around, and um, I'm going to skip over you, Lydia, of course, but we'll go around and just everybody can say where they can be found. And then, Ishelle, do you want to say where people can find your podcast as well? Absolutely. So uh, you can find our podcast on our website, libertydinerdish.com. You can also find it on most major streaming platforms. And like Erin said at the beginning, uh, our podcast focuses on an episode by episode analysis and commentary of uh, Queer's Folk. And I'm the co-host. My other host is Ken, and he's awesome. <laughs> so we are uh, also on Instagram, Liberty Diner Dish, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah, he's he's really awesome. It's so much fun to listen to it. Um, especially since, as everybody knows, that's my all-time favorite show. So it's so much fun to listen to people. And especially since Ken is just, Ken, the co-host, is just discovering it. This is his first time watching it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really neat to see it from his eyes. And uh, we were just watching last night, in fact, and to see him experience things and his, like, real-time reactions, (laughs) you know. I just know there's so much good stuff coming up in that series. Like, I can't wait for him to see it and then to talk about it with him. Yeah, I know. I've been waiting for season one finale. That's what I've been. <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's spoilers. coming. We're almost there. COVID slowed down our recording schedule, but yeah, uh, yeah. we're getting there. Yeah. And then Melody. Well, I am everywhere. Um, <laughs> I am on Facebook um, at Naidolem, which is Melody Ann backwards, and N A Y D O L E M. And that is also on Twitter and Instagram. But if you're interested in Marvel or comics of any sort and you are of the female persuasion or you identify as female, you can join us at the Amazons of Marvel. Amazon being, you know, like Wonder Woman and Marvel being, well, you know, the MCU (laughs) and everything else. So um, we talk about all types of things there. Um, Shows like... Uh, Umbrella Academy and other comic book related media. So it's a lot of fun. It's it it can get heated from time to time, but most 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 <laughs> days folks are respectful. So yeah, that's where I can be found. Awesome. Yeah, and and don't, and even if if you are more into DC, you can still join there too. It's all comic books. So wanna oh make yeah, sure everybody knows that. Yeah, everything. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 a fun group. I learn a lot just reading posts. So, and this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at e April Beauty. The e and the a and the b are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com/slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes. Um, if you want to share with us what house you were sorted into, feel free to reach out to us via email at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Also, please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. That's how we get found in that big wide world of podcasts. And I just want to thank everybody again, anyone who's listened to us, 
Um, we have spurts. We've been growing more. So it's just really awesome. And it's awesome to see how many different countries listen to us. So I just want to give a shout out to that as well. Um, and then next week, we are going to be back with two episodes next week. We are going to be talking about John Hughes movies and romantic comedies. So that should be a lot of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.